Welcome to Daily Wisdom, Walking the Path with the Buddha, a podcast shared by David Roylance. This podcast is dedicated to guiding you to completely eliminate the discontent mind and the suffering it causes by attaining enlightenment. Learn and practice the teachings of Gotama Buddha that will guide you to fully attain a peaceful, calm, serene, and content mind with joy. To support this podcast, visit patreon.com forward slash support Buddha or visit buddhadailywisdom.com where you will discover a full range of courses, retreats, and online learning resources to assist you on the path to enlightenment. Now, here's our teacher to share more. Chapter 17 Dissolving the Ego Ego Serves No Purpose Our ego is a collection of experiences from the past and our future expectations of ourselves. Ego is the accumulation of thoughts, ideas, and perceptions that we have of ourself, our self-image, and self-identity. Dissolving the ego can be one of the hardest and most difficult aspects in the pursuit of Nibbana so it's best to start learning to dissolve the ego early in your practice. Through our past experiences and the future expectations we have of ourselves, we acquire a personal image of who we think we are, but it's a delusion and our ego serves no wholesome purpose. The elimination of the ego is required to attain Nibbana. All our intentions, speech, and actions are born out of our ego. We protect our ego at all costs. It is often one of the strongest attachments we have and is why it's one of the last things to go and easy to pick back up. Oftentimes we judge others through our ego. We reflect those unwholesome qualities that exist inside of us onto others thinking it is, in fact, the other person who has these unwholesome qualities when it's actually our ego looking at itself. We think someone is trying to be so smart and show everyone how intelligent they are when in fact, it is us who are the ones with this behavior. We sometimes look at others with jealousy because they are trying to look so important or beautiful, when, in fact, it is us who is desiring and craving this attention. We often look at others as having ego when it is us who has the ego. Do you see a theme? What we think and judge of others is what's inside of us. We see others and it is like viewing a mirror. We see certain qualities in others because those are the most present qualities within our own mind, so we project it onto others and think it's coming from them. We project the ego onto others and read the reflection as it's coming from the other person, when in fact it is us. This is one reason you should not judge another being, but focus only on yourself and development of the mind. Do not concern yourself with another person's life practice or how well you feel they are or are not practicing these teachings. Judgment serves you no purpose, and you should only be encouraging, helpful, polite, with loving kindness and compassion for all beings. You may find help from other practitioners working on the ego, or arahants, on how they dissolve their ego. There are several practices that could help you to dissolve the ego. I offer the following as potential examples of how to empty the ego. Say thank you often. Sleep on the floor in a low position. Do tasks that you feel are beneath you. Listen to others teach you wisdom. 
Wash people's feet, people you have no association with, if possible. Show respect and gratitude to all people with a why, as done in Thai culture. Wear simple clothing and make your appearance simple as desiring physical beauty is cultivating your personal existence view and self-identity and ego. Eliminate your interest to project your personal image. Show generosity, loving kindness, and compassion to all beings, especially people you do not associate well with. Eliminate judgment of others with no comparisons that you are superior or inferior to another. Be kind and gentle because it's the right thing to do. Ask others for advice and what they learned in life. Just listen without trying to prove anything. Help others without any goal or expectation of a return favor or positive benefit for yourself. Remove head and facial hair. Eliminate the craving to beautify the body by not wearing any jewelry or body decorations including makeup and eliminate bodily scents such as perfumes and cologne. This helps you establish that you do not have desire for personal identity or image. This helps practice non-attachment to your image. Others' views of your image has no effect on the contentedness of the mind and will help eliminate ego. We must always and forever develop our practice to eliminate ego and never assume it has been extinguished. Washing feet. Washing someone's feet can be powerful for them and you. It cultivates humility and a caring mind. It helps to empty ego. In Thailand, it is part of the culture to wash the feet of your parents or other members of the family to show gratitude and respect. It is not a forced action or expected. It is up to the individual to decide if it's something they should or should not do. Thais practice washing feet at special times during the year. Mother's Day, Father's Day, birthdays, New Year's, and any time during the year they would like to share this special experience with those close to them. It is common for this practice on your birthday to thank your mom, dad, grandparents, members of the family, and teachers for helping to guide you in life. No matter what our relationship is with our parents, they did struggle for many years to provide us our existence. We could never repay them enough for the hard work of providing us this existence and our human life. Washing the feet of family members, friends, teachers, and people whom you associate with can help you cultivate a mind of loving kindness and compassion. Each time you do, it gives you a chance to delicately provide a soothing and loving touch of the feet that penetrates the heart and the mind. This practice could help anyone who would like to not only say, I love you with words, but also with actions. When you wash someone's feet, you are saying through your actions, I love you, I respect you, and I have gratitude and appreciation for you. It is much more potent than anything you could ever say. A caring grasp, a nurturing way of washing the feet says everything you need to say, but in a more powerful method of communication, through actions. Learning how to love without attachment is very important. It is possible to love without attachment. Care and love can come from a place of non-attachment, and this practice can help you cultivate this mental state into your life. Ego serves no wholesome purpose. The ego props us up and protects who we think we are and our self-image. There is no need to protect yourself from anyone. 
a peaceful, calm, serene, and content mind with joy that does no harm only needs to walk with wisdom and a smile. The ego is held deeply inside the mind and blocks us from realizing our full potential because we think we already know who we are and what we should be doing in the future. It blocks us from healthy relationships and connecting to other beings with a pure mind and pure intentions. The ego can block us from learning and growing with other beings because we think we already know it all. We are attached to our current teachers and our current practice, trying to keep it permanent without change when everything is impermanent except for Nibbana. The mind craves permanence even in following these teachings. Our practice needs to remain impermanent so there is room for growth through improvement of our practice. The ego blocks us from learning, growing, and experiencing wisdom from all beings and the world around us. Our pursuit to Nibbana will require a lot of learning and growth, so we must remain open to learn from all our experiences. This will help you to move along the path and in life. Ego can create massive amounts of pride or arrogance, making us believe that we are so great and wonderful. It is very difficult for one to see their own ego. To attain Nibbana as an Arahant, you will need to fully and completely eliminate the ego. One of the ten fetters is conceit, and to attain the stage of enlightenment as an Arahant, you will need to completely dissolve the ego in excessive pride in the mind. Dissolving the ego is easier said than done. Because we have spent a lifetime acquiring the ego and many countless hours thinking about what we want to do in the future, it is very hard to let go of the ego. There is personal identity and many other attributes attached to the ego, and if we hold on to this aspect of the mind, we will create discontentedness for ourselves, never being able to fully experience the enlightened mind. To reach Nibbana, the ego must be dissolved, dismantled, and eradicated. Gautama Buddha explains just how dreadful, bitter, vile, and obstructive it is to allow ourselves to dwell in praise, excessive pride, and ego in the following teaching. Gain, honor, and praise are an obstacle even for an arahant. The following is a translation from the Pali Canon, the source of Gautama Buddha's teachings. Bhikkhus, gain, honor, and praise, I say, are an obstacle even for a bhikkhu who is an arahant, one with taints destroyed. When this was said, the venerable Ananda asked, the Master Teacher Gautama, Why, Venerable Sir, are gain, honor, and praise an obstacle even for a bhikkhu with taints destroyed? I do not say, Ananda, that gain, honor, and praise are an obstacle to his unshakable liberation of mind, but I say they are an obstacle to his attainment of those pleasant dwellings in this very life which are achieved by one who dwells diligent, ardent, and resolute. So dreadful, Ananda, are gain, honor, and praise, so bitter, vile, obstructive to achieving the unsurpassed security from bondage. Therefore, Ananda, you should train yourselves thus. We will abandon the arisen gain, honor, praise, and we will not let the arisen gain, honor, and praise persist, obsessing our mind. Thus, you should train yourselves. Translation by Bhikkhu Bodhi in the year 2000. Teaching Through Ego 
Gautama Buddha reached Nibbana during his six years of training the mind, then had a lifelong practice of maintaining the mind. He knew he attained Nibbana for himself as a completely liberated mind is very noticeable to the person who has attained it. While he knew he had all the answers, others around him taught their teachings which did not lead to Nibbana. Gautama Buddha's students attained enlightenment and they knew the truth. There were still plenty of people who did not learn and practice Gautama Buddha's teachings. There is a reason Gautama Buddha only ever taught students that wanted to learn with him. He did not go out in search of students. He allowed them to come find him. It is important not to crave students as the mind will shut down and tranquility lost. Craving is the problem. Non-clinging, non-attachment, non-craving, nibbana is the solution. With craving, there is no nibbana. A student needs to accept a teacher for guidance. This act alone helps to reduce ego for a practitioner. The student needs to open the front door and welcome the teachings into the mind with trust and respect. Without the student opening the door, the teacher cannot breathe healthy life into the mind. Thus, the student will not have the teachings to make improvements. It is only a student who lowers the ego, accepts a teacher, and seeks guidance through questions that will allow the teachings to penetrate the mind. Then, the student needs to do the hard work of transforming the unwholesome mind into the wholesome and pure mind. A teacher cannot create nibbana for their students. A teacher cannot give their students nibbana. It is only through diligent study, practice, and commitment to the teachings that a student can actively work towards nibbana. A teacher can teach, inspire, encourage, and offer guidance, but it is the student that must decide Nibbana is an important pursuit for their life and commit to their own growth. The student needs to seek out the teacher and teachers that can assist them on their path to Nibbana. A teacher cannot seek out students as unenlightened beings will be so attached to their current teachers and their current practice while perhaps having ego. A teacher who seeks out students will always meet a brick wall. A teacher who knows they have the teachings that lead to Nibbana can do little to nothing to convince a student to study or practice. The interest to study and pursue Nibbana must be initiated by the student. A student will need to reach out to teachers for guidance, learning how to establish a healthy relationship built on a foundation of kindness, politeness, gratitude, and respect in all directions. Only a Buddha would be able to attain Nibbana without the assistance of teachers, with all others being able to experience enlightenment through the guidance of teachers and a well-developed practice of these teachings. Students should seek guidance through asking questions to gain understanding while developing an honest and respectful relationship with their teachers. Teachers should only provide guidance to students when they request guidance through asking questions. Seek teachers without greed, hatred, or delusion with the elimination of ego, and who have realized non-self. These are the people who have attained Nibbana and will be the best teachers. It would be very difficult for a teacher to guide others towards Nibbana if they have not yet attained Nibbana. The end of each chapter will have learning resources for further exploration. You will be able to explore videos, podcasts, quizzes, etc., to deepen your learning of the content you read in each chapter. Please see the ebook for more details on these resources. 
As you have questions or need clarification on these teachings, you are welcome to post those into the Facebook group, Daily Wisdom, Walking the Path with the Buddha, or contact the author privately for in-depth learning. Daily Wisdom, Walking the Path with the Buddha, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Daily Wisdom 999. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To provide support for this podcast, visit patreon.com forward slash support Buddha. To access more teachings, visit buddhadailywisdom.com. There, you will discover a full range of courses, retreats, and online resources to assist you on the path to enlightenment. Remember to establish a daily, consistent meditation practice, along with learning and practicing these teachings. A well-developed meditation practice is the foundation in which to train the mind to attain enlightenment.